Movie versus movie. Welcome. Welcome. Alice and Liz take over. (laughs) You've got some new hosts this month, and we are ladies. So we chose some, what we think are some pretty lady movies, wouldn't you say, Liz? I would agree. Alice and I are known to love a rom-com or a teen flick, so... Earlier this year, we watched The Sweetest Thing. Cameron Diaz. Which, if you have not seen it, is an insane film. Overall, we would recommend. Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Completely, completely bonkers. But we had some true belly laughs out of The Sweetest Thing. I'd agree. Um, Would you say that these movies that we chose this month are rom-coms, Liz? I uh, no, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't actually call them rom coms. I'd call I them agree. like teen teen flicks, teen, teen comedies, teen comedies. And sure, there's romance in these movies, but when I say that, that's uh, they're rom rom coms, not necessarily. But I want every movie to have some romance. So I know everyone's probably eagerly awaiting to hear the titles <laughs> of the films we selected. Uh, so this month, uh, we are doing teen comedies based on Shakespeare plays. So you can probably guess, because there aren't that many. There are not that many. (laughs) That we did She's the Man and 10 Things I Hate About You. Two classics. Which we both happened to own on DVD. Yeah, which we thought was fate. (laughs) We found that out. We thought we were already experts in these movies, having bought them when we were seen. Seen them. (laughs) Um, I did not see 10 Things I Hate About You in theaters. No, that was 99. It was 99, so we were... Little too young to be seeing that movie in theaters, but I definitely saw She's the Man. Yeah, I also saw She's the Man in theaters when I was 12, which is crazy. <laughs> I wow. Was I was old when I saw that movie in theaters. Now, what were your feelings about Channing Tatum at that time? Uh, at 12? I've never been like the biggest. No, I'm not going to. I am a Channing Tatum fan. Mm. I wouldn't say like. Were you lusting? Necessarily though? my type. Like, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I was lusting after Channing Tatum. He was, he's a, he's a, definitely a jock in that movie mm. oh yes um kind of also, a buffoon uh, he's also like 26 years old at least at the time they're filming the movie so <laughs> okay so it would have been an inappropriate relationship <laughs> you and him <laughs> it probably makes more sense for us to be lusting after joseph gordon levitt Def- i definitely was he's so cute and also heath ledger yeah we got a lot of cuties I in this know, in this group of movies. And how about you, Alice? Like, tell us, were you lusting after Channing, Channing Tatum? At well, I was. Let's see. She's the man came out in two thousand six, so I was fifteen. Okay, so so was I running so for some Channing Tatum? I think I was. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, I think I was. I was I just into think him. It's crazy that Channing Tatum has been a sex symbol. Um, in the uh, culture since over a hundred years over half of my life just he's, yeah over a hundred years he's that's a right. he is over, eternal over a century Channing Tatum has been a sex symbol they should do a retrospective at the Oscars of the hundred years of Channing Tatum yeah, that magic we've had Mike, Magic Mike 2 21 Jump Street 21 Jump oh. Street 2 oh, amazing films <laughs> we can do another his oeuvre I mean I know he can yeah he can do it all I, I, have you seen the trailer for the new Sandra Bullock film he's in? Oh, I'm seeing it on Thursday. Oh, I, <laughs> all right. Well, eagerly awaiting Alice's review. Yes, I will do a little update. Um, I will give you four out of five romance novel covers. Um, if if it's worth that, uh, I'll let you know. So let's talk She's the Man, because that is the first movie that we watched. Came out in 2006. Indeed. 
Um, I just discovered, written by, partially by the two women who wrote 10 Things I Hate About You. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, they must have a thing for Shakespeare adaptations, which is cool. It makes sense. No idea that they were the same writers. No, I, I just found that out. So that's a little Easter egg. It is based on Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. Yep, the man himself. What, what happens in this film, Liz? Oh, there's all sorts of shenanigans. <laughs> Starring Amanda Bynes. <laughs> Starring Amanda Bynes. Um, in probably like one of her best roles. And I would, I would like say her best. Later, you know, we can't talk about She's a Man without talking about the downfall. Bynes, her fall from grace. Mm. Uh, everything that's been going on with her. Drake, you know. Murdering <laughs> her, her vagina. <laughs> and uh, so on and so forth. <laughs> But where that all began was really her disguising herself as a boy to play soccer. Sebastian. And she's the man. So yeah, we have so, twins. Yes. Quick plot summary. We have twins. Sebastian, Sebastian and Viola. Viola. Okay. I wasn't sure. Some people say Viola. Some people say Viola. I'm going to say Viola. That sounds right to me. Great. And yeah, Amanda Bynes loves to play soccer. Her soccer team is then cut at her school, the girls' soccer team. Injustice. Exactly. She has a douchey boyfriend named Justin. The movie starts off very heavy-handed where they they lay it right out for us. Uh, Girls... They could never play with the boys. (laughs) They're not big enough. They're not strong enough. Girls are weaker than boys. And Amanda Bynes says, no way. I can absolutely play with the boys. And thus... As long as I'm dressed like a boy. (laughs) And thus her her great scheme is born. She um, she has a twin brother who is a rock star. Yes, he wants to be a musician. So he, he leaves and he goes on tour in the UK. Um, leaving his spot at this boarding school. Yes, very fancy prep school, Illyria. Uh, a little, wink, wink, little nod to Shakespeare. Shakespeare. There's a bunch of them, so get ready. Uh, leaving his spot open so that uh, Viola can take his place. So her friend Paul uh, dresses her up in a beautiful montage. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just gonna look down at my notes really quick to make sure we're not forgetting anything. So I have opening credits, beach soccer. Yes. Um, kind of already addressed. School we saw a Live Strong team. bracelet, which was a beautiful throwback. Uh, yeah. School cut the uh, boys' soccer team. Uh, we want to try it for the boys. This is like four minutes in. They lay out the whole, the pretty pretty much the entire plot of the movie. She's <laughs> playing on the boys' soccer team. There's no questions. There's nothing for you to figure out. It's an easy watch. Oh, I don't think we mentioned her mom really wants her to participate in a debutante ball. Yes. And so we, we did discuss, um, do people do debutante balls? Are those a thing? Big theme in a lot of the media I consumed as a teen. I'm thinking like Rory and Gilmore Girls, Mm -hmm. this movie, of course. Um, I've never heard of a debutante ball happening, but maybe I'm just not in that social class. I've heard of a purity ball. Gross. Did you know people that did that? (laughs) No, not in Vermont. Okay. (laughs) No, but I heard, but I know that they exist. Okay. (laughs) But I haven't really heard, I haven't really heard about debutante balls, I guess. Debutante balls. They seem like a thing of the past, but. But I think that they really want to, they want to show sort of masculinity and femininity. Absolutely. Very hyper feminine, the debutante ball. Exactly. And soccer is, of course, for the boys. Yes. (laughs) No women play soccer. I can't even think of any famous women soccer players, except many. So, yeah, I have an all caps here makeover montage. Makeover montage. Makeover montage. Every good movie has a makeover montage. It's so true. <laughs> and this one does not disappoint. And I just would like to call out Amanda Bynes's like acting. 
comedic chops over montage when she's sort of imitating the way the the gate of different men she's walking behind on the street. I mean, come on. It's gorgeous work. It is. And they're trying on different facial hair that like, of course, she's not going to have facial hair, probably. It would be ridiculous. But it's fun to watch. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Yeah, and she inexplicably has like an older gay friend who works at a hair salon who <clears throat> sort of mentors her throughout her. Uh, His name is Paul. His name is Paul. And, Paul and is the real star of this film. In he my looks opinion. like Jude Law. He does look like a young Jude Law, and he's an, he's incredible as well. I mean, there's no one that's not doing a great job in this movie. Works his magic, Alice. Something mm. that you had mentioned while we were watching the film, yes, um, is that Amanda Bynes did not like the way she looked in this movie. At now when she was dressed. <laughs> as sebastian now let's not take my word as no i looked it up on wikipedia <laughs> oh confirmed. and this is true an actual interview where she said that and sort of a recent interview too actually if you want I can pull up the did that lead to her mental breakdown is my question uh seems like that could not possibly have been the only reason <laughs> there must have been no she was a child star being a child star is very hard she probably had a lot of pressure on her. She was extremely talented. She was leading an SNL type show. I know. At what age? Nine. Nine. Seriously. I'm she had you know, the Amanda Show. She was on all that. Just an incredible talent, and I'm I'm really sad about uh, about what has happened um, to her I because I, I think there's so much potential of more great movies like She's the Man, led by Amanda Bynes. No, you do think like what could have been. <laughs> If Amanda had, you know, not been pushed to the edge. Mm, turned into like a Kate McKinnon type and then, you know, be leading films know, with her massive potential there. comedic talent. Um, can't find the quote right now. So that's fine. But yeah, it, 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 yeah, she did go on record as saying that like she was very almost like dysmorphic for her to see hmm. herself and that she didn't th th think she She didn't think attractive. she was pretty. Exactly. Uh, Which I... I think is is hard, but you know she's she is an actor, and I feel like part of being an actor is sometimes transforming yourself into something that you don't necessarily like. Exactly. But and I thought she was very cute, but she was still young. Oh, I know she's adorable. <laughs> she she doesn't look like a man at all. Uh, no, not at all. Which is part, of the, part of this movie's charm, I would say, um, is that it is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> So anyone would buy that Amanda Bynes <laughs> was her twin brother. All she has on is a wig and fake eyebrows. Yeah, and changes the tone of her voice. Like, two great comedic effects. Oh, yes. <laughs> I got a lifetime of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she shows up at school. She shows up at school. And we see her in her disguise for the first time. She has to navigate the scary hallways of the boys' dormitory. I would be scared, too. Where no one looks like they are in high school. They all look like at least oh, definitely. 24, 25-year-old men. I confirm Channing Tatum was 26. Oh, definitely. Story. Yes. I mean, he, Which he's... Is, you know, whatever. But he looks 26. <laughs> he looks very... He, he's smaller than he we're used to him exactly. seeing. He's a little slimmer, but he's still... That's a hunk of a man. Yeah, Alice just did a little <laughs> eyebrow wiggle when she said that. <laughs> he looks good. Uh, so she gets to her room. She meets her new roommates. Named? Andrew and Toby. A no, no. I thought she lives with Chantino. Oh, Andrew and Toby are also in the room. They're there. They're there. That's sure. another Shakespeare nod. That's why I want to say Andrew yes. and Toby, because Sir Andrew and Sir Toby. Um, but... We meet Duke, of course. So Duke that's Orsino. that's Channing Tatum. Yes. Duke Orsino, 
Another nod, guys. Yes. They're going to keep on this coming. This movie's full of them. <laughs> and uh, they see her tampons that she has put in her boot. Yeah, I'd have to say this has to be one of the most iconic teen movie scenes of all time. And I kind of forgot how iconic it was. Everyone talks but about truly, it if you bring up this people movie. People reference this a lot. And yeah, if you, when you think she's the man, you think a tampon in the nose. And I, why was that so funny? <laughs> I mean, I think that there's less shame about tampons and periods now, I would hope. But I think it might have been shocking even, even in 2006, to see a tampon up somebody's nose. I, and I know I had a friend tell me that they've done this. Oh, well, really? It's probably inspired by She's the Man to, yeah, put a tampon in the nose. Stop a nosebleed. I mean, it's genius. But what was your little fun fact there? They had to make. So a they tampon. did have to make a special tampon for Amanda Bynes's nose because I feel like if you picture a normal tampon, hopefully all of our listeners know what a tampon looks like outside of the applicator. You can describe if you'd like, Alice. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's cotton and <laughs> it's round. It's got a string on the end, depending <laughs> on what kind you get. Um, I've, you know, your your nostrils probably too small for that, so they did have to make her a special small tampon to fit up her like nose, for, for, nose for that scene um but then when channing tatum has one up his nose pretty sure that's a real tampon yeah because he has a big man-sized nose so. <laughs> channing tatum's Is got that? big everything oh yeah we'll get to that so amanda Bynes, <laughs> <laughs> the moose knuckle amanda Bynes has to uh pretend that she sticks tampons up her nose for nosebleeds because obviously she uh can't tell them that she has a vagina. The boys all buy this without question. Yes, they just buy it 100%. They think it's weird, but they buy it. Uh, okay, next note I have, David Cross as headmaster. <laughs> Maybe David Cross's best role. Now, a great thing about this film is that every time we see David Cross's character as the headmaster, I don't know his name. Nope, neither do I. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's David Cross. Jack of all trades. He is doing a different job on campus. I don't know why. I don't know if that was David Cross's acting inclination. But it's hilarious. But it's incredible. <laughs> he is a lunch person. He is clipping the hedges. Uh, does he do Does he do anything else? Those two. He's always doing something. Yeah. He's around. He's, he's always around and he's incredible. The first time we see him. He has called Viola into his office. Uh, Amanda Bynes thinks that she is caught. So she starts taking off the ace bandage that she has used to bind herself. Which, as we know now, do not use the ace bandage to bind yourself. I feel like Amanda Bynes Bynes would have been able to get a great binder (laughs) in 2022. In 2022, sure. In what movie? 2006. Yeah, maybe not. Did they make them then? I don't know. Um, And so she thinks she's caught, but it turns out he just wants to welcome her to the school. And her, the ace bandage gets caught in a file cabinet. Yes. And there's some great physical yeah, comedy. Phys- yeah, I would say this movie's heavy on the physical comedy, more than I remember. Yes. It feels very Shakespearean. It does. The sort of slapstick physical comedy. Yeah. I would say it's much more physical comedy than 10 Things I Hate About You. Definitely. And so in that way, it's more Shakespearean. I agree. And see, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily like always enjoy like physical humor, but... It worked in this movie for sure. And maybe it's just because it's coming from the Shakespearean source material and Shakespeare knows his stuff. 
I th- <laughs> <laughs> he does. But it works. I think it, it also has the Shakespearean trope of a lot of kooky characters. Definitely. That kind of come on, do their little kooky thing. We yes. have Eunice. Yes. David Cross's character as the principal. Um, Amanda Bynes' mom. All of them kind of pop in, do their little silly thing, and then get out. Which we'll get to, but 10 Things I Hate About You does that as well. True. I'm thinking specifically of the opening scene. The guidance counselor. The guidance counselor, yes. Which we'll I wish we probably. saw more of. Me too. <laughs> Amazing. Alice and Janney. Alice Janney is the guidance counselor. That throbbing member. Anyway, so Amanda Bynes thinks she's caught. She's not. And then outside of David Cross's office, she runs into Olivia. Olivia. Yes. The love interest, question mark? It is a tangled web. It is a tangled web that they weave. Olivia immediately starts crushing on Amanda Bynes, playing Sebastian, or, you know, posing as Sebastian, her twin brother. Um, um, now, the the way that they, in the play Twelfth Night, um, Olivia is in deep mourning. So you kind of always see her in black. She's very, very sad. And the way that they transfer that to yeah. the 21st century is that she's going through a bad breakup. Um, so instead of Which mourning... Sure, for a high school audience, I guess that makes sense. It makes sense. I, it makes it, sense. It'd be a little bit heavy if they were like... And her dad just died. I don't think you could get away with a lot of the stuff they pull if you knew that she had just lost a lot. Oh, yeah. That, it's not funny to introduce a character and be like, they're yeah. real. They're in deep grief yeah, right now. Exactly. We also learn that Channing Tatum has a big crush on Olivia, um, but he's bad at talking to women. What? Channing Tatum? No, but he's so Nobody hot. buys that. I, I don't buy that for a second. Not one, one second. Unbelievable <laughs> plot points in this movie but whatever facilitates some of the story Uh, okay so the next two (laughs) notes i have down here are anthropology shoes i think olivia is wearing a pair of yes yes this is what i wanted to say yes amanda bynes (laughs) forgets herself compliments the uh anthropology shoes that olivia is wearing yes i'm you know a dead giveaway right there well i don't know if that's necessarily a dead giveaway that this is a woman but certainly i wouldn't think oh i have a crush on this dude that just complimented my anthropology shoes i would be impressed that he knew what anthropology was yes especially in 2006 i didn't know what anthropology was when i saw this film (laughs) um we did not have any in vermont i I don't think there are any not, to this day. Not one anthropology. Not one has. anthropology. I mean, we just got a Target. <laughs> My mom loves anthropology. It's a fancy little store. Yeah, it's fun. It's a it's a fun place to window shop. Do you think that that means that Olivia is kind of bougie? Probably. That but she has she anthropology also goes to, like, shoes. A ridiculously expensive. True. They're all rich. School. So they are all rich in this movie, including Amanda Bynes. It's a convenient movie trope. Oh, yeah. Something we forgot to mention, Amanda Bynes and uh, her brother's parents are divorced, which is sort of how they're able to get away with this whole gag is that um, each parent thinks they don't talk to each other. Amanda Bynes is staying with the other parent. They don't talk to each other. Terrible co-parenting. We also have Monique, Sebastian's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about her. So Sebastian's real life girlfriend is named Monique. Amanda Bynes in character as Sebastian. Sorry, I'm getting I'm this I'm making this more confusing. Not R- Amanda Bynes in character, but rather Viola, mm. um, while posing as her brother, yes, dumps Monique. Yes. So that brings us to the pizza place scene. Sure, but I don't want to skip over this one note I have, which is yes. muffin with two straws. 
because there is a scene where they're all eating <laughs> in the cafeteria where David Cross is is the yes. lunch man and one of the um, uh, Toby or Andrew, Toby or Andrew, I think Andrew, it just has a muffin in front of him with two straws sticking out of it, <laughs> never addressed. <laughs> Um, just boys being boys I yeah guess. you know you just gotta sip your muffin um, so viola is not having uh, a good time socially so she just she comes up with a plan with her two best girlfriends and paul to, make to seem like the man yeah she's the man <laughs> she has to be the man they have to respect her so that she can be good at soccer i guess right we don't have to unpack that further. <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> actually yeah i think she just wants them to like her and want to hang out with her which i mean probably one way to do that would be to not act like a complete weirdo every time you're around these people which amanda Vines does but that's fine uh so they go to a pizza place called cesario's which is another shakespeare, another shakespeare reference. reference that is the name that viola in 12th night uses when she's a boy she has a different name cesario Instead of Sebastian. Um, so they go to this pizza place and they stage this whole scene where they make it seem like Viola is just this virile yeah. <laughs> player with all these girls. Her just two hot best friends come out of the woodwork and pretend that they're like trying to fuck Sebastian, essentially. Or have. Or have, yeah. Just one of Sebastian's many groupies. And it works. Yeah, immediately Channing Tatum wants to hang out with Amanda Bynes now. <laughs> and they, they become friends. They do become friends. Channing helps Viola get better at soccer. Yep. We have a little montage, another little montage. Mm. How long is this movie? Like, like an hour 45, I feel. Yeah. So yeah, it's full of montages to sort of like speed up the <laughs> speed plot. Speed the plot along. It's fine. Um, we also have the carnival scene. Uh, yep. Kissing booth. We don't want to forget about that. Where uh, Viola has to be at this carnival, but also Sebastian has to be at the carnival. So she has to keep switching back and forth between her two disguises really rapidly. It's fun. And I would like to point out they're playing one of my favorite songs during this scene. Which is? Forever by the Veronicas. Come on, baby. It's sort of a weird song choice. They also play Dirty Little Secret. Yeah, there's multiple all-American reject songs. This this soundtrack is... It's killer. It's so good. And 10 Things I Hate About You, I'll say, both have really good soundtracks. 10 Things I Hate About You, actually probably the superior soundtrack. In terms of music quality. Yeah. And the way they integrate the music into the film, yes. I think. I mean, Forever wasn't like a <laughs> song written for She's the Man. No. Um, the None of the songs were written. make an appearance performing on the roof. <laughs> oh, Letters to Cleo. Iconic. Later on, but we can discuss that later. So at the carnival, um, Viola kisses Channing in the kissing booth. kissing booth. Which, weird. Has anyone... <laughs> We got to talk about Ryan, kissing booths. Write in and tell us, have you ever uh, seen a kissing booth, been a part of a kissing booth? I know there is a Netflix original movie called Kissing Booth. We will not be watching that for the podcast. I watched it. <laughs> Liz. Love, love, love those movies. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, okay. I didn't know that. Um, so did those movies, did they shine light on? No, those movies are terrible. Okay. Yeah. So we don't know why kissing booths. I don't know. It always seems to, be, a like, thing. to raise money for something. But it's really 
really really fucked up it's really gross it's and really gross in this movie they do highlight how disgusting it is like there's like an insinuation that like old men and young boys are all in line there's a kids, there's a maybe uh, a Olivia. 11 year old and then a yeah really old man um, and she she mentions she goes uh i think viola says to olivia um He's chewing, he's, you know, whatever he's chewing, it's not gum. Which, what did that mean? What was he chewing? I'm still thinking about that reference. <laughs> Disgusting. What could he have been chewing? Gross, whatever. I literally have no idea. A tampon? <laughs> <laughs> she would have recognized it. <laughs> no, surely. Uh, another tampon in your, an, an orifice. <laughs> oh I have no idea. It is never, like, what else could it, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's horrible. But shout out to the the that that old man actor. I hope you're not creepy in real life. No, but then of course Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum share a, a kiss, and that's their first kiss. And oh, the web grows ever more complicated now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viola is starting to crush on Duke. Who there's also a reminder is crushing on Olivia. There's also a fight between Viola's ex-boyfriend, Justin, and Channing Tatum at the carnival. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Forgot about that. Including some, like, heavy stunt actor Yes, work. which you can tell by the changing <laughs> color of people's underpants in that scene. Which is funny. I have watched the DVD commentary for this film, which is why I know so many. I which I applaud. <laughs> Alex, can I ask real quick? Uh, yeah. When and where did you buy the DVD? Ah. Uh, I've had it for so long that I could not tell you. Amazing. I don't remember. I it may have been a gift. I I don't know. It's one I've had for a really long time. I I don't buy DVDs very often. Nor nor do I, which um, is why I ask. These I, days. I, I feel like we both have pretty sizable DVD collections, um, which is odd. I mean I I guess yours isn't that big. Well, no, no, it's all in it's all in that drawer. I mean, I have Dirty Dancing. She has Degrassi. I have a few seasons of Degrassi. Degrassi. Absolutely no shame about that. Um I've seen every single episode of every iteration of Degrassi. Um, and yeah, I have a couple of the Charlie Brown uh, specials on uh, on DVD and she's the man. Amazing. Mine's quite big. My DVD collection. Mm. I, I remember when the FYE for your entertainment went mm. out of business. Oh. I got a lot of DVDs out there like going out of business. You got to stock up. $2. I got like Cloverfield, <laughs> 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty much the same yeah. movie. Why even have both? It's, that's ridiculous. Cloverfield, another movie I went to see in theaters around age 12. I don't know. Oh. Maybe that one was later. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, re- I definitely remember seeing like Mean Girls in theaters. I saw a lot of rom-coms in theaters. I did not see Mean Girls in theaters. I saw that we had a like sleepover when I was in sixth grade. It was a school-sponsored event, so we all got to sleep and they school. let you watch Mean Girls? And they put on Mean Girls for us. Which really? Was, yeah. And then they put on Clueless. Wow. Because I know which, that was probably too adult. I, I, yeah. I remember it was like the English teacher who was sort of chaperoning like mm. that portion of the lock-in. And she was like, it is probably a little too adult for you, but it's based on a Jane Austen novel. So <laughs> I'm putting it on. <laughs> As most great teen dramas are. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Classics, as, uh, we're, as we're finding out. Anyway, we can get back to discussing she's the man. So there's a lot of soccer. Um, the everyone likes the wrong people. Olivia likes Sebastian, who is actually Viola. Viola likes Channing Tatum, who likes Olivia. Sebastian's off away in in London. Monique's upset. We also have a character who stands in for the character of Malvolio, whose name is Malcolm Festies. 
another Shakespeare reference. He has a spider named Malvolio. Oh, yeah. That guy. Um, creepy. Another creepy, creepy character. Yes. Oh, yes. He has a whole collection of stalker photos that he has taken of Olivia. He has a pillowcase that he has screen printed with her face on it. Really dark stuff. Hor- horrifying. <laughs> horrifying. The, horrible. The, uh, you know, like thematic tone of this movie was like a little different we could have it could have gone totally another different direction but we kept it light we kept it yes we kept it shakespearean um shakespearean comedy one (laughs) one thing i want (laughs) to that would be good it's not it's not othello um one thing i want to bring up is how this movie feels like it could be very queer very easily, but it never, never veers into that queerness, which I think is really interesting because I think Twelfth Night is very queer and it sort of does the same thing at the end where it's like, oh, all the, the men go with the women and, and you know, no women are kissing each other. No men are kissing each other. Um, but obviously Shakespeare has so many queer undertones where I would say this movie does not. We, I mean, we do see the character of Paul her yes. her friend who is the hairstylist he is gay and we do see him ending up with um andrew one of um channing tatum's friends at the end so we do have that but we never have the sort of like someone who is in drag kissing someone of the same gender no and i feel like a lot of the jokes kind of like stem from that like oh how ridiculous is it that Mm. I mean, as I've already said, <laughs> that Olivia would have a crush on Sebastian, who just complimented her anthropology shoes. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I and totally she's agree. very she's very against um, Amanda Bynes's character is 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 really not into. And at the end of the movie, as we'll get there, but everyone couples off in a pretty heteronormative Neat. way, yes. which is you know fine, I guess. But honestly, I. When Alice suggested watching She's the Man, I initially, I hadn't seen it since I was 12. Mm. I thought, is this movie going to be problematic? I kind of thought it would be more problematic than it actually ended up being. But my concern there was like, oh, you know, I know like the whole conceit of the movie is like, ha ha, it's Amanda Bynes dressing up as a boy, which feels like it could veer into sort of a caricature or a spectacle very quickly but i feel like they told the line well and i agree and i i think (laughs) we have so many examples of men dressing up as women for comedic effect absolutely in a terribly terribly transphobic way absolutely we have mrs doubtfire the fact that they just made that into a musical for some reason okay i have not given mrs doubtfire a rewatch in a minute i loved mrs doubtfire but another one that potentially could be problematic. I, no I mean, I think we we have this this this, this shitty trope of ha 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 man in a dress. Yes, yes totally. But th- and and this kind of you know this does something. This is different. This is not ha 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 woman in pants. <laughs> I mean, it, I, yeah. I, I, I it's not, I mean it's just <laughs> not the same a thing. Wig with a short haircut. <laughs> and and I think that the comedy. I don't know if the comedy really... Nece- I, I don't know. Where do you think the comedy comes from? I mean, some of it is... Is it ha 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 Amanda Bynes is dressed as a boy? And that's funny? Or is it the way that she's acting? 
I no, I mean for me and her, like, and her mannerisms. There's a great scene at the beginning where she's sort of like mocking the gates of men walking mm-hmm. down the street, and and she does this stupid little voice sometimes to sort of like affect like a male yeah. tone or something. And that that is funny, but I feel like that's more making fun of masculinity. Yeah, yeah it's not exactly. punching down. It's definitely and not punching down. Fun of like you know men's gates and like ways of speaking that are like ridiculous and masculine exactly it's like almost performative on their end i mean there's even there's even a moment with a with a scene later on where her and channing tatum sort of become quite intimate with each other oh great scene where yes uh, this guy's his his pet tarantula escapes and so malvolio escapes afraid of the spider yes uh and and jump up onto the bed and hug each other (laughs) and scream like like girls um (laughs) and uh and of course amanda Bynes says no you get it you're the guy i mean the the bigger guy (laughs) which is where laughing what's that's just that's funny it's objectively funny that's funny because um, me as a woman i would make the man kill the bug <laughs> just kidding i actually don't mind bugs that much a tarantula i would definitely mind i mean i th- who who is fine with a tarantula that person is not okay <laughs> um but there there is a moment in that scene where uh amanda Bynes is trying to comfort duke and she's sort of like well you know just like talk to your talk about your feelings or something and he's like what and then viola says like rub some dirt in it being mad yeah and i so I, I do think she is she's you know it's it's about it's attacking masculinity yeah which is yeah exactly i think which is the right angle to mm-hmm. take. yeah i mean i don't think i'm laughing at like how stupid amanda vines looks in a no way. certainly not i don't think she looks that stupid i, I think she, like, she's a little iterate one more time cutie vines is so good in this movie yes like incredible it just carries it on her back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it, it's so sad. It's so sad that we lost that tattoo. <sighs> that face tattoo. Damn. <sighs> anyway, so we get to the climax of the movie. We have the final soccer game, Illyria versus Cornwall, which is yep. Viola's old school and her ex boyfriend's soccer team. And Viola has been well wait we're kind of i think we need to back up a little bit oh yeah uh, right what am i missing before, the night before sebastian the real sebastian comes comes back to the to school. school kisses olivia, olivia. Uh, well olivia kisses olivia him kisses him and doesn't clock that it's real sebastian not viola which sebastian. makes no sense because their bodies Absolutely. and the height difference would be massive <laughs> of course <laughs> and their faces are completely different totally different um, i mean they do look similar they look like they could yeah, be twins that's true. those two actors were well cast yes sebastian was like. very well cast they do look i would buy that those two people were twins yeah i would too fraternal twins for sure um but and yeah, then so channing and viola get into a fight there anyway she has to leave the room because she ends up at eunice's yeah, another great character oh oh the reason they get into a fight is because it gets back to channing tatum that sebastian was kissing olivia Yes. Duke thinks that it's Viola, Viola, but it was real Sebastian. Sebastian. Okay. Okay. So she ends up at Eunice's, who's another great I don't character. Think we talked about Eunice. Weird side character. Passionate headgear. Yeah. Incredible. Headgear. Sometimes inappropriate. <laughs> Definitely, but that's why we love her. <laughs> uh, so she misses the beginning of the game. Uh, Viola misses the beginning of the big soccer game. Instead, Sebastian real is Sebastian. real. Sebastian is recruited and made to put on a soccer uniform, um, and ends up on the field and is terrible, which is great to watch. It is. Love seeing a man who's bad at sports. 
<laughs> Me too. <laughs> a musician at that. <laughs> mm. But yeah, wake up! I've been waiting for you in like a I don't know war paint, war paint, whatever. That which I guess is why they're not supposed to recognize it's a different Sebastian. Doesn't make any sense. Which is fine. He has a man body. Um, I want to highlight one more All American mm. Reject song that is playing during yes. this scene, which is "Move Along." Mm. Just an absolute classic. We That's have a banger. We have a lot of soccer in the end part of the film, which, in my opinion, there's a little too much soccer. <laughs> For me, um, <laughs> less sports in the movie about girls playing sports, please. <laughs> I love the idea that she plays the sport, but do I need to see it? So um, we have uh, Viola and Sebastian switching back. Yeah. So like halftime comes around and like real. Okay, oh, sorry. Sebastian's on the field. You're right. Real Sebastian's on the field. On the field. And Viola's like behind the bleachers kind of like drags him out. Yada, yada. They switch out. So now- no, no, no. Be- but before they switch out. Oh, of course. Of Before course. they switch out, David Cross stops the game with Monique and Malcolm. And he says, that boy is actually a girl, which we could get into the whole gender of it all, we um, which 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 well, I, I mean, we, we need to talk about it a little bit because definitely there's a lot of like. Because I have these genitals and or breasts. Well, that's the whole gag. I'd say maybe this gag out of all the gags is what doesn't really hold up into like the potentially problematic. Yes. Oh, you think I'm a girl? Uh, Pulls down pants. Dick on display. (laughs) Yes. So so that so Sebastian pulls down his pants and shows the whole stadium his penis. Which you know what? Respect. I mean, it's bold. I love the confidence. <laughs> His flaccid penis. <laughs> Remember that to everyone uh, to prove that he is not a girl. And everyone's which, like, whoa. You know. That's a penis if I've ever seen one. <laughs> this is definitely a dude. <laughs> so then they continue on with the game. And yeah. that's when we have the switching out. And then Viola comes onto the field. Channing won't look at her. They're still having their conflict. And then she confesses? Uh, yes. I think well, I think they win the game? No. No. Oh god, we should have taken better <laughs> notes about this part of the movie. But anyway, essentially in this scene like it's then like we that uh, yeah, Amanda Bynes cops to having been uh impersonating her brother. And, and then she of then course she has to, to flash. She's a girl has to show her tits. Has to flash everyone. Um which Something I would like to point out here, mm. sort of implied that she's probably not wearing a bra, just like in the way that she pulls up her shirt. Not wearing a sports bra during not a wearing soccer a sports game bra. seems like an insane, like, am I? And her hair is down. That's a logical jump I simply cannot make. That is the most unbelievable yeah. part of this Running movie. Around, <laughs> yeah. And no one noticed, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It sounds so painful. Like, I'm yeah. thinking about it and it, it hurts. So then we have the and grand. You can see the action scenes like it's soccer, guys. Like, they're really going for it. <laughs> yeah, they're really playing soccer. Yeah. I think she had to go through soccer training, probably. So then they win the game, but Duke is still mad at Viola. Yeah. And so then we have the final scene, which is the debutante ball. We got to bring it back to the yeah. ladies. Oh, there's sphere. a really funny joke here. Yes. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Explain the part in the woods. Yeah. Amanda Bynes is sad. You know, she has no one to. Oh, no. Paul is going to. Paul was going to. Paul was going to sort of escort escort her her. down uh, the 
on a runway, whatever it is at a debutante ball. Um, but she's sad, you know. She, she doesn't have a guy there. She doesn't have Duke. Uh, so she goes out to she goes outdoors to like this like garden outside the venue, and and we see this shape approaching her, and we think, oh, it's Duke. It's going to be a romantic. And moment. she and she, she confe- also thinks yeah she she says something she to him. She's like love. she's like I didn't think you would come. Wow, it's so good to see you. And then there's a maintenance man yeah. and he says, I have to turn the sprinklers on. Yeah, it's a great joke. <laughs> um, and then she turns around and of course, and of course, Jane Tatum is actually there in a tux. Yeah. And all is Maybe forgiven. I am attracted to Channing Tatum. I don't know. In the, in the scene, I definitely was when he shows up for her. That's when I love It's him romantic. It He's got comedy chops as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, Channing Tatum is like, who doesn't love Channing Tatum? That he is like, the, yeah, the everyman. I feel like he's so talented. There are so many people across this great nation that will go see a movie just because Channing Tatum <laughs> across is in this it. great nation. Yes, <laughs> I mean about- the United States of Channing. You know, uh, yes, <laughs> that's where we live. And USC, God bless Tatum. USC. Yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so how well do we think that this film fulfills the Shakespeare? adaptation well i think it does it well i agree because as i said you know I think it has it, the whole plot it has the whole plot but I, but it does its own thing you know it, yep. it doesn't lean too heavily into the plot i think um but yeah i think like the essence of shakespeare is in this movie in, in i the agree type of comedy and uh, it, it just translates really well i think and i it also has that thing of because when you see a shakespeare play you do have to suspend your disbelief about disguises yes. because there's all these disguises and you just have to believe that the people around them, do, you know, somehow buy these disguises. And the same thing is, is true in She's the Man. Yeah, that scene where Olivia kisses Sebastian and doesn't clock that it's <laughs> totally Sebastian. That, that it's a man. You know, that feels yes. like I can just picture that playing out on stage in Twelfth Night. So it's a great movie. It's a great movie. So I guess we should, before we get into which movie we thought executed the premise better, the premise being a high school adaptation of Shakespeare. We should talk about 10 Things things I Hate About You. you. 10 Things I Hate About You. Taming of the Shrew. Yes. 1999. 1999, which... A long time ago. Is a long time ago. A different era. How long ago was that? I I was eight. 23 years ago? Yep. Jesus. Yeah, I was weird. Wow. Um... Yeah, I. This is something I mentioned that I thought maybe we could discuss more on the pod. Mm. Feels like there's a a big shift between Ten Things I Hate About You, um, sort of like the socio political mm. vibe I'm getting mm-hmm. pre nine eleven. She's mm. in post nine eleven. Yes, so I'm just gonna leave that one there. <laughs> yes. So what does that what does that mean for? the difference between these films people don't give a fuck in the world of 10 things i hate about you <laughs> true <laughs> they have not a care in the world it is wild it is it's a <laughs> it's the wild west of teen comedies it is which is not something yeah i did own this movie on dvd had i watched it in a while no in fact i think probably the last time i watched it was maybe when it was airing on tv i feel like it's one of those that airs on television a lot but some stuff must get cut out. Must get cut out. Must get edited. Because there's some dirty stuff in this movie. There is. And it starts right off the bat with a bang. Mm-hmm. Alice and Jenny. Alice, would you like to tell us a little bit about this scene? <laughs> so Alice and Janny is the guidance counselor uh, at this school. Ostensibly a guidance counselor. Pa- Padua High, I believe. Yep, yep. Another aptly named Shakespeare. Shakespeare High School. Um, and she is typing on her very old 
the outdated computer now, uh, a romance novel, and she's trying to find the right synonym for uh, a gentleman's pulsating member. Yeah. Or or is she looking for the word for I pulsating? Member my, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> don't remember the member. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, she's looking for a word to descri- describe an erect penis. <laughs> and, uh D- and does does cat give her the word no, that she needs? I think it's I think it's Heath Ledger. No, no, maybe it's cat. No, cat gives it to her. I don't know. I thought it was Heath. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I think. Okay, back. But let's back up. Let's let's, about- let's talk about what what this movie is about. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk. About, we'll give an overview of the plot, and then we should talk about the cast. Yes. Obviously, can't be beat. Incredible. So, Katarina Stratford, played by Julia Stiles, is a high school junior maybe or no she's a senior because Uh, she's she's applying she gets into college so she's a senior she's also a shrew (laughs) she's also a shrew shrew. she is referred to as a full-on bitch by many characters in this film c word like i wouldn't i don't remember no they don't they don't use the c word um but they do call her a straight up bitch which feels really aggressive people hate her for kind of reason because she seems so much chill gal what i I found she's annoying but like whatever isn't everyone annoying in high school isn't every other character in this movie extremely annoying i didn't think she was annoying i found her sensible i found her confident she's a feminist is she a white feminist yes but it's also 1999 and she's 17 so she doesn't know any better um I, i don't know i thought she stood up for herself i thought no she has a lot of positive attributes i mean i think that that's one of the reasons why this movie is so loved i feel like it's because that mm. character is so representative of like uh, so many women be, exactly everyone mm-hmm. was like that was the person that either they wanted to be in high school or maybe they were in high school if they were like actually cool she's reading the bell jar she's yeah. listening to bikini kill that's right she, she's listening to letters to cleo yeah letters to cleo which was heavily in this film it's this great such a fun but anyway so um she lives with her single dad and her younger sister bianca single not because their mom is dead but because their mom left left which is abandoned the family which is unusual it's a weird choice and it's i i'm not sure we don't get any more explanation of it either which is strange we don't know why she left i feel like i need a prequel (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot to just be like mom abandoned us never really touch on it i mean surely I don't know. Maybe thinking about it did impact these characters' behaviors. (laughs) I mean, the dad is wild. The dad is not okay in this movie. Like, beyond not okay. He's a gynecologist. Which, first off, I don't men shouldn't be gynecologists. No. That's my hot take. That's not a hot take. That's a a fact. (laughs) No more male gynecologists. (laughs) They should not be allowed to go to school for it. Sorry, all men. No, I'm not sorry. Don't be a gynecologist. Yeah, absolutely not. Because you're probably a weirdo like the dad in this movie. Yes. So he has made a rule for his daughters. I to all male gynecologists. If, no, don't there, apologize no, to do them. Any male gynecologists are, are listening? Podcast. <laughs> you are a male gynecologist. Please resign. Please, please resign and then write in and share your story. <laughs> share your story. Yeah. I don't want to hear the story. Why did you become a gynecologist? I can imagine, but tell me. <laughs> So, uh, Daddy Stratford, um, he has made a rule. I want to touch more about the cast of this movie really fast before we get into this Okay. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Mm -hmm. obviously. David Krumholtz. Who's David Krumholtz? He plays uh, 
Cameron, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's best friend. Oh, see, I wrote down. He's the elf from the Santa Claus. Claus. (laughs) I mean, it's obviously his most important role. Yeah, the elf from Santa Claus. He was also in The Deuce and Numbers. Mm, No. Are those important? Santa Claus is all I've (laughs) No, he's Bernard the Elf. Bernard. Yeah, Um, he's in this movie, which is great. And then, of course, the late, the great Heath Ledger. (sighs) So I'd say that this is one sort of striking similarity to She's Mm. the Man with me is that both movies are almost overshadowed by the personal struggles of one of their lead cast Yes. Members. So for obviously, I mean, watching this in 2022, watching She's the Man, you can't help but think, oh my God, what happened to Amanda Bynes? And of course, Heath Ledger no longer with us. And yeah, just. It's hard to subtract the, the towering possible. figures of Amanda Bynes. Also, I think as well as Channing Tatum. And then Heath Ledger in 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, you can't. And it's sad. It's yeah. just the whole movie. And he's so sweet. With exactly yeah. what could have been. Mm. R.I.P. R.I.P. This, this podcast is dedicated to Heath Ledger. <laughs> That's insulting. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to dedicate this podcast to? Amanda Bynes. She still has okay, a chance. Fine, 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 fine. Oh, she still has a chance. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I really, I am sad about Heath Ledger. I'm sorry. To both, to both. Yes, sad about both, sad about both. Um, anyway, yes, now, now we can uh, move on to like the fucking weird, sorry, am I allowed to? Yes, you are allowed yeah, to swear. weird ass dad in this movie. <laughs> so what is the rule that he has made, Liz? The rule that he has made, which is, uh, yeah, to be fair, like se- another sort of like ridiculous rule that's central to the plot, in a, you know, dumb Shakespearean way, is that the uh, younger daughter, Bianca. Correct. Cannot date until the elder daughter, Cat, has started to date. Which I have not read Taming the Shrew in some time. I'm assuming that in the play it's like marriage, not dating, or is it I think it's courting. Courting. I have also not read Taming of, of the Shrew for a while. And I mean I think that the part of the reason why she's the man in terms of just like the sexual politics and the way that it holds up, holds up better is that Twelfth Night holds up better as a play than Taming of the Shrew because the whole basis of Taming of the Shrew is about this woman who is supposed to be a horrible, horrible shrew and that she needs to be tamed. Right. Um, And unfortunately the end of Taming of the Shrew is very problematic and um, many different theater companies have found ways around it and made the last speech that Katarina gives kind of sarcastic um, or they've cut it so that they can get rid of the fact that she, she says that she's been like yes right? exactly to yeah. the man that who is who is trying to tame her so um, I mean does does Julia Stiles end up with Heath Ledger in the end she ends up with him but yes but I don't think he's tamed her no no no, no. in any way hope, hope not we'll I don't think that's taming though I think that's nice <laughs> I think that's nice. Yeah, no, I agree. He's a tamer. I just you can buy me anything you want. I will not be tamed. <laughs> there are a few things I could be tamed for. Lamborghini. Yeah. No, I actually don't give a fuck about cars. What, could, like, what would you be tamed for, Liz? A beautiful piece of real estate. <laughs> a baby grand piano. Yeah, sure. How much do those go for? A lot. Okay. A horse. Horses are really expensive. I could never more take than cars. Care of a horse. Oh, so much work. Not up for that. But then you'd have you could hire a person to take care of the horse. Why would you want a horse? I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want a horse. But that's just me, not a horse girl. Sorry. I was just thinking of expensive things. Totally. So let let's go back to the way that 
the girl's father talks to them about pregnancy, sex, yeah. virginity, He's chastity. Super worried they're going to get pregnant, and like as like a cautionary tale, keeps talking to them about like the young teen girls who he assists in birth, which is bizarre. And yeah, it's it's really it's like very derogatory. <laughs> It really just doesn't make sense because if he was a gynecologist, why wouldn't he just give his daughter's birth control? And I know that he doesn't give them birth control because he's sexist and he kind of thinks that he owns their virginity and he probably thinks giving them birth control gives them permission to have sex. But it's like if you're so worried about them getting pregnant... Just give them birth control. I, well, as he a has, doctor, he could literally prescribe them birth it's, control. He has, it's such easy. He doesn't even need to prescribe. He could, just, he could just throw it out like Skittles. I don't think they ever touch upon that. They don't. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like, the movie does talk about sex a lot. But, like, I don't think... We don't ever see any of the main characters. Oh, no, never mind. I, I was going to say, like, we never, like, hear about any of the main characters actually having sex. But that's not true. Because we do. Because a big part of the movie is the reveal that Kat had slept with joey joey yeah okay never mind um so yeah agreed it's just very it's very weird and like the dad has like a fake pregnancy suit that he makes the girls wear uh, yeah he's it's like a little scary. too fixated on his daughter's sex lives <laughs> a uh, not a little too fixated it seems yeah, it's his whole character fixated. it's all it's it all that he character. it's very like it's all that he talks about I'm gonna shoot you if you take advantage of my daughter. Uh, I, like that was totally, I hate that narrative. I hate it so much. It's so gross. Like you own your daughter's virginity, and if they lose their virginity, quote unquote, that's gonna somehow change them as a person or taint them. I mean, it's all very old-fashioned and wrong. Um, they did turn this movie into an ABC Family TV show, which I did watch all of, and. I didn't watch any of it, so you can probably speak to this more than I can. But they kept the dad. The they same did in the role, and of he was, dad. and it so was for some reason that was like the through line for them. I mean, it was totally, character. it was different because all the characters. I mean, it was the same characters, but all the actors were right. different. So the, there wasn't really like a, you know, this ten things I hate about you happened, and then the TV show happened. Like there wasn't a connection that way. But you're right that the dad character was the same. Um, he was older, which didn't make sense because the the, the daughters were even younger. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember enjoying it. it was on I ABC Family. Every ABC Family show I ever watched. I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Kyle XY and Secret Life of the American Teenager. Shailene Woodley. Yeah. <laughs> ABC Family versus ABC another, Family. Another show obsessed with pregnancy. Oh yeah, I never saw it, but I I've seen some some wild gifts yeah. from it. We can watch that together. Okay, sounds good. You like it. <laughs> so. They can't, the girls can't date. Bianca can't date until Kat dates. Which the dad thinks, oh, Kat's never going to get a date. So this Because is a she's a frigid night. bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when really, there are no men that are good enough for her until Mr. Heath Ledger comes to town. I can't remember the name of his character right now off the top of my head. I also cannot remember oh, it. Oh, no. Okay. Good thing I have an iPad. <laughs> so, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Cameron has a crush on little Bianca. Very little Bianca. She looks so young. As well, so does Julia Stiles. As, and, they, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, of yes. course, looks like an infant. Yes. As well as um, 
Joey. Oh, the, of course. His name is Patrick Verona. Patrick Verona. Cute little nod to Shakespeare. Um, another one. <laughs> another one. Uh, and Joey, the popular model guy who's a terrible person. He's the real shrew of the film. Um, he also has a crush on Bianca. So Cameron cooks up a scene with his best friend, Bernard the Elf from Santa Claus. And they decide... <laughs> It's a great character. Extremely, <laughs> extremely strong character. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's any couple goals in this movie, it's Kat's best friend and Bernard the Elf. Oh, absolutely. We can talk about that later. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get that to that beautiful storyline. Cameron and his friend decide to go to Joey as their benefactor and get him to pay Heath Ledger, the bad boy in town, to date Julia Stiles so that they can date Bianca. Yeah, and Heath Ledger is made out, excuse me, Patrick Verona, made out to be a huge freak. Apparently, there's crazy rumors about him swirling around the school that he was like in a porno and that he killed a guy like mm, just wild uh, and when they go to like ask him if he'll participate in this little scheme he's in, he's a, in a bar class oh no oh you're right sorry i initially, was initially he's in a shop class yes. and he like full-on takes the drill and just like in a really scary way drills through the book that one of them is holding yes and then yeah later on they go to like talk to him about i don't know how it's all, how it's going and they all meet up at a biker bar which makes no sense they're all in high school. Make sense. They're all in high school. Make, there's no reason why Heath Ledger's character, who's supposed to be like at most 17, maybe 18, would be able to like be in this biker bar at all. But it's fine. But he's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And you know, he's a little bit of a weirdo. And that's what we love about him, I guess. <laughs> so he, okay, agree- he quick, agrees sorry. to do it. Gabrielle Union, who plays Bianca's best friend. Gorgeous. Has not aged. Has not aged. But guess what? Was 27 years old at the time she was in this movie. What? Yeah. She was born in 1972. How old is she now? She's almost 50. She's 49. She's so beautiful. I know. She was 27? She looked 15. Yeah. I mean, she still looks 15. That's amazing. Um, anyway, continue with, continue with the plot summary. Um, so they hire Heath Ledger, but he's having a hard time asking out Kat because... She's such a bitch. She doesn't want to date him. <laughs> So then he invests in her interests, correct? Yeah, he goes to a show that she... He goes to a concert that she likes. likes, Which I can't remember. Is it Letters to Cleo that she's... It's No, it's a different band at this point. Uh, I think I might have written it down. No. But they pay him $50 to take out Kat, which is not a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's 1999. It's a different time. Still. And I mean, I guess, like, how much money do you really need to be paid to take out a beautiful girl? But yeah, seems low. <laughs> I mean, just to pay for the meal. Um, There's also the part where they go to the Bogey Lowenstein party. Yep, of course. Oh, before that, there's a frog dissection, and I just there's wanna, a frog dissection yeah, in both there's films. There's a frog dissection in both movies, which is amazing. Uh, there's nothing more high school than a frog dissection. Apparently. Did you dissect a frog in high school? Um. Uh, Actually, we dissected a fetal pig. Yeah. That's horrific. No, I, I I dissected a frog at summer camp. I took a what? I went to this camp. What that, kind of camp are you going to? I don't know. We got to like pick different classes, and I did pick the dissection class, and we did dissect a frog. Um, Ooh. But yeah, in high school we had to dissect a fetal pig. It was so sad. <laughs> 
Did it die of natural causes? No, of course not. (laughs) They killed it so that you could dissect it? I assume. That's horrible. Yeah. Well. And I learned so much. (laughs) R.I.P. to that fetal pig. Yeah, R.I.P. to the pig. Mm. The only thing I ever dissected was an owl pellet. Oh, that's barely a dissection of any kind. <laughs> that is literally a piece of poop. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's it, they like it's like their throw up. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's a waste product. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was gross, but it was did not you as need bones. I did. <laughs> yeah, there were bones in it. Um, not for me. Not a science gal. <laughs> More of a bell jar type of gal. Yeah, I'll be reading Sylvia Plath. Will you guys dissect frogs? <laughs> Uh, I uh, object to this, so I'll be um, reading Sylvia Plath in the corner. So we have the the crazy party that happens. Now, are there two parties or is there uh, one party? There's one party and then there's prom. Because there's the party where Kat gets really drunk. I think that's the only party, right? Yes. So yeah, Kat gets really drunk and it's kind of cute. Although Keith Ledger Julia takes care of her. A really bad job of playing a drunk person. Yes. You wonder if she's ever been drunk. But then again, she was like 16. 17. Yeah. Movie, so, so maybe not. <laughs> but overall, the acting in this movie is really, really good. Yeah, of course. They got some all-star actors. Yeah. And Julia Stiles, I mean, she's young, but she's incredible. Yeah. I'm just going to like some of my notes I have here. Dad is so gross. Yes. Uh, bad drunk acting, which we just touched on. It's a very anti-woman feeling that you get there are some white rastas which is uh quite unfortunate but i think they're also making fun of them so there's a lot of interaction between the black teacher and the white rastas of him clowning them which is great (laughs) it is great uh volvo 240 written down here great car i think that's what julia styles drives uh, she does hit andrew uh keegan yeah 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 yeah. she hits joey's car his car with her car (laughs) Not, she not runs him, him over. <laughs> she murders him in the middle of the movie. He does. He great. he deserves it. Ultimately, <laughs> he deserves to be murdered. That character is so icky. Yes. And, um, I googled that actor, mm-hmm. and he was in a cult. <laughs> what? That's what. That's what the what cult? Me. Uh, here, I'll tell me more. You. His name is Andrew Keegan, as he, as you said. Yes. He um, was in a lot of stuff for a couple of years. I remember him being like a really prominent face in my childhood how andrew keegan went from hollywood heartthrob to spiritual leader and back again so that says to me that says cult so wait did he lead the cult that sounds like he was the head of it it does sound is it a keith ranieri situation because i'm very intrigued okay that would be like a prime actor for nexium you know what i mean it's one of these like weird d-list actors yes that, uh had, had like one hit back in 1999 but it has to be someone on the cw that's true. <laughs> unfortunately i mean he probably was on something that was on the was cw adapted into an abc, ABC family, family show, which is pretty so. much the same thing um maybe i don't know maybe i shouldn't be saying he was in a cult on this podcast uh, We're, we don't need to we don't need to check our facts <laughs> <laughs> it's fine so Cat starts to fall for Sorry. Heath Ledger. Real quick, he organized Full Circle, a community spiritual center in Venice, Los Angeles. Characterized the organization as a new religion, while other outlets called it a cult. It's a non-denominational <gasps> spiritual community center where people of all beliefs and backgrounds come together to meditate, practice yoga, and engage artistically. Okay. I mean, that's so sounds, you can make your own decision. That sounds great. <laughs> like I decision. Are they taking members? Because uh, I'm into that. If you want to, I'm into that. I'm into all those descriptors. Yeah, led by the belief from 10 Things I Hate About You, maybe not. 
<laughs> That's a draw for me. That's the number one draw. I would want him to be holding those little headshots that he holds in the movie with like yeah, black shirt or white shirt, black shirt or white shirt. So we ha- we also have the very important classic scene of the serenade that Heath Ledger does oh, amazing. To, to Julia Stiles. Honestly, like for all the weird parts of this movie, that scene totally makes up for it in yes. my mind. I, I was grinning from ear to ear when I watched uh, Heath Ledger singing Frank Sinatra. You're just too good yeah. to be true. It's a beautiful scene. It is. And their school is unbelievable. And I Googled it. Real school. What? Real public school. What? Public? That's what it's a castle. Told me. It's a little castle with this beautiful, like, sunken stadium. Wow. That everyone knows. Is it in California? No, oh, it's in Washington, where this movie takes place. Oh, wow. It's it Seattle. Location. Not in wow. Seattle, but in Washington, the Washington oh like, my God. area. So. Hmm. I think when comparing this these movies, She's the Man holds up better. And I would say maybe the comedy is at a higher level. Agreed. But 10 Things I Hate About You, it has heart. And it just has this like pure nostalgia. I'm not mm. very nostalgic for 2006. I'm not really nostalgic for 1999 either, but there's this sort of like angst that 10 mm-hmm. Things I Hate About You has, you know, pretty much driven by Julia Stiles. Yes. A cool character. Mm. But it's just so, I it's don't know. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's touching. It's good. This scene, and then, of course, the scene we'll get to when Julia Stiles recites her poem. Ugh. <sighs> so, uh, Patrick gets put into detention. For for the singing, which doesn't really make sense because oh, why God. is that against the rules? Then something absolutely disgusting <sighs> happens, which is like that's the thing with this movie is like okay, iconic, heartwarming scene, and then uh, follow it right up <laughs> with something, with something so disgusting <laughs> that doesn't make any sense and is like truly mind boggling. So Julia Stiles has to uh, break Heath Ledger out of detention, and she has to create a distraction so he can go out the window he goes out the window yeah and then they go on like a really fun date but how does she <laughs> distract the teacher she flashes Liz. the gross detention teacher yeah she just fully just like pulls up her shirt okay another parallel with she's the man there's a, there's a flashing there's a flashing actually didn't for different reasons that. though but sort of like filmed similarly too but also we have an underage girl oh yeah flashing and like an adult there's kind of a, man. a lead up with like where she's like oh to the teacher like it's sort of oh yeah she's talking about his muscles exactly yeah she's like she's oh, hitting so on him she's hitting on him and he's really receptive to it it's definitely implied that this is like a thing <laughs> and i think it's i think whenever i watch this movie in the past or like when i was you know around the the, the same age as these characters i I never th- like looked at Julia Stiles and thought, "Oh, she's so young in this movie." She is, a baby. but watching it as an adult, now that I'm she looks years old. so incredibly young yes. that to watch her flash an adult man, it's sickening. He's just like she just waltzes into detention and flashes him, and it works, and like no repercussions for her for flashing yeah. the teacher. But it's I'm just so trying gross. to imagine if that happened in high school. Like that would be huge news. I mean. Think about the dre- how strict dress codes are for girls. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and she's showing him her bare breasts. And everyone cheers when she does it. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. weird. That's what she celebrated for. 
That's what she celebrated for, right? Yeah. And not any of her... Um, academic achievements. Academic achievements. Or her standing not, up for herself. Not her great taste in music. Yeah. <laughs> Starting a band. Her uh, ideas about Sylvia Plath. <laughs> Sorry, I keep bringing her up. Um, well, Sylvia Plath, yeah, is also a heavy presence in this movie. Yes. So, uh, the second sex is also brought up, um, right? I think Simone so. de Beauvoir some sort of like yeah. feminist text yes reference so they break out and they go on a little date they go on a cute little date where they paddle boat paddle boat and then they and they talk about like how they're both so scary <laughs> oh yeah and and uh yeah Heath Ledger <laughs> nobody gets them is this, is, is this when we find out that Heath Ledger doesn't really have a dark yeah, past. Yeah, Heath Ledger has no dark past. It was all, of course, rumor, rumor speculation. Um, and then they do an activity, which I don't think exists in real life. It's paintball, except no guns. Except, fun. <laughs> except no guns. Yes, yeah. this is the paintball that I want to do. Water balloons filled with paint. And then you just throw them at it's each really other. Sweet. And they're wearing these cute little coveralls. Yeah. And they've got purses full of water balloons full of paint. And no it's really romantic. <laughs> and then they fall. Yeah, no one is fearing for their life. And then they fall into a pile of hay. And they kiss. And they kiss. It's so sweet. It's Look at so us just romantic. absolutely like <laughs> blushing over here talking about Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. But it is. That's why this movie's so great. It's so sweet. <laughs> the romance holds up. And of course, Julia Stiles still doesn't know that Patrick has been paid to yeah. date her. Although this we, as the audience members, are sort of getting the vibe that, oh, I think Patrick actually likes her. I think it's about more than 50 bucks for him now. I mean, there was fire in that kiss. Absolutely. So then we have, of course, the prom. Are we already at the prom? You're right, we are. I think we are, yeah. I took like almost no notes at this point. I was so into it. I think we've just, we, we've probably <laughs> also seen it so many times. School is full of sexual deviance. <laughs> It is. <laughs> if there's one thing you can find in this school, it's a creep. <laughs> yes. It's a sexual deviant. There's a lot of creeps in the school. Um, letters to Cleo comes to their prom and plays Cruel to be Kind. Incredible. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but what else? Before Yeah, before they go to prom. Should we talk about the, um, the true OTP of this film? Oh, of course, of course, of course. So we have Kat's best friend. Whose name is Mandela. Good job writing I wrote that down. down. Which Just is, like the know, Mandela effect. The Mandela effect, which is something we can talk about later. Ooh, wow, wow. <laughs> um, and then we have Michael, who is David Krumholtz's character's it's name. Bernard, actually. His name is Bernard. <laughs> Bernard the elf. And uh, so he leaves notes in... Uh, Mandela's locker sort of pretending to be William Shakespeare and, and inviting her to prom throughout the film it's kind of like implied that he has no game yes like that girls aren't really into him neither him nor Cameron have any yeah. game yes totally but um he plays his cards right here because this he, girl is obsessed with Shakespeare like obsessed with Shakespeare <laughs> yes again the school is full of sexual deviance <laughs> I mean, is, is is being sexually attracted to Shakespeare, is that sexual deviance? In the way that this girl is, yes. <laughs> if you if your locker is filled with pictures of William of Shakespeare. Of naked William Shakespeare. Yeah, it's, it's Shakespeare's head on <laughs> Channing Tatum's body. <laughs> yes. With the rough. Um, so he invites her to prom, sort of pretending to be Shakespeare, and like leaves her like sort of a medieval-looking yes. dress, which like is... is Presumptuous, does, but... It doesn't really make sense because, like, how would he know her size and everything? But 
it is well. the only like truly uncomplicated romance of the film. Yeah, it's very pure. Like it they're both is. Like, into each other. They're both kind of weirdos. They're both nerds, yeah. but it's like nerd for nerd love, nerd and that's nerd, exactly. that's perfect. Um, but it's, yeah, that as Alice said, that is the only uncomplicated romance of the story because things get very uh, complicated at prom. <laughs> so Julia Stiles agrees to go to prom with Heath Ledger, even though she kind of thinks that prom is stupid. She thinks it's stupid and she thinks it's weird that he's pressuring her to go to the prom. But he's pressuring her to go to the prom because he's been paid. Exactly. And she and she's like, what's in it for you? At which point... And he gets mad at her yeah. because he's like, do I need a reason to like you? But she's right. Gas later. Because she has her feminine intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing beats her feminine intuition. In this she's movie. totally right. She is right. And then Bianca goes to the prom with Cameron. Adorable. <laughs> Which is so cute. I love little jo- Joseph Gordon Lover <sighs> in this movie. And she stands up. What's his face? Joey. So then Joey, Joey shows up. <laughs> that's actually a great scene when Joey shows up at the house. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. To, to no one. <laughs> there to pick up Bianca and doesn't pick up anyone. Um, also, we learn from Kat. She tells her sister that she slept with Joey. When they were in their sophomore year, which is so young, so young, so, so young. children having sex. I know. Um, and of course, she regrets it. Yeah. And Thankfully, she doesn't want her sister to date him. Yes. And does how how does Bianca react? Bianca's like, "Fuck you!" She does not react well. She's she's just like, "Um, you don't want me to have a good time because you're annoying." Like. Which is, she just kind of sucks, but. Oh, for sure. There's like an adorable scene where um, she's like sitting on a tire swing wearing a pair of like Mary Janes. Oh, yes. uh, (laughs) And like the little ruffly white socks. They're really trying to make her look like a little baby. Yes. (laughs) Very weird. Yeah. Uh, A lot of stuff about like. Sexual deviance. (laughs) Infantilizing women. Uh, So we're at the prom. We're having a good time. But then the crucial information comes out. I believe Joey lets words slip. Yeah, someone punches Joey first, though. Bianca. I, I feel like she punches him after he, after. Lets, he lets the okay, info slip. Sort of, yeah, so they're at prom, yada, yada. Everyone's having a good time. Letters to Cleo is there, which is sick. Oh, and then Heath Ledger kind of implies that like he paid Letters to Cleo to come play at prom, right? I don't remember. Oh, he says he called in a favor. Called in a favor, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were like, who does he have favors with? Who is this guy? He's a mysterious man. He could do anything. Patrick Verona can do do anything. Patrick Verona is God. Don't think about it too much. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, they're having a great time at prom, and then sort of all hell breaks loose. Joey reveals that uh, Heath Ledger was paid to take Julia Stiles to prom. Bianca punches Joey, which is a great moment. Yes. Because I think he says something to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Yeah, he probably says something gross about Bianca because he's gross. And then, of course, Kat finds out that Heath Ledger was being paid to date her, which is really heartbreaking because she was falling for him. It is sad. Can you imagine that happening to you in high school? Like, (sighs) finding out that, like, first of all, insanely hot guy. Who has kissed you, passionately kissed you. Romance. He has performed a song for you in front of the entire school at the stadium. And and finally he was paid. Like, that would feel like shit. I feel like that's somehow even worse than... I think on a lot of TV shows, and I don't know if this happens in real life, but a group of kids will come together to sort of prank one 
unpopular kid and they'll say like oh this person likes you like come meet us you know behind the gymnasium and like he's gonna kiss you or something like that but this is so much further than than any of that because they were you know it's not even like they had an audience to what was going on they were just the two of them by themselves on this really romantic date having a good time and she was falling in love with him i know it's so sad but she she was falling in love with her too so Mm. I don't know. But thankfully, <laughs> he buys her a guitar. He does. <laughs> and everything is forgiven. No, no, no. It's not quite that simple. No. Obviously, uh, we found out Julia Stiles is going to Sarah Lawrence. Yes. Like, is that an all women's college? It is. Okay. Uh, it's in New York. Yes, all the way across the country. <laughs> she wants to escape her, her bizarre dad. <laughs> For a good reason. Good all, for you. I know. She's, yeah, she's right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but her dad tells her he puts down, he had put down a deposit on Sarah Lawrence. And she finds out, yeah. And she wants to go. She wants to go, which is good. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bianca are dating and they seem like they're having a good time. Yeah. Um, and so then we get, we cut to the, another absolutely iconic scene from this movie, which is, uh, Julia Stiles reciting her little tenth example. Oh, why do I always forget that part of the movie? It's the it's name of the right movie. At the very end, but so they're they're asked to write a sonnet by their teacher, by their English teacher, in the style of uh, Shakespearean sonnet. And so she writes this beautiful sonnet. I, know, I almost want to recite it. Dedicated to Patrick. Patrick Verona. Please read it, Liz. I'll have to pull it up, but I will. Read I it. I do know that Julia Stiles wasn't trying to cry. That she just actually started crying. Oh, that um, makes it even better. Yeah, I believe that she. I mean, that was very, very real. She just started crying when she was reading it, and I think that's why it's kind of like she's crying and then she just kind of runs out of the room. This is so Tumblr. I feel like I posted this on my Tumblr. <laughs> in like 2012. All right, give it to us, Liz. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big, dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. Ah! (laughs) I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh, even worse when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not Not even at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's so So good. good. And she's crying. It's very sad. And and (sighs) Heath Ledger sort of has his his chin resting upon his hands and he's staring at her very intently and it's very cute <laughs> and then she like runs out of the room sobbing <laughs> did do you have to write a shakespearean sonnet in high school because i did no and i, I, I ever had to do that remember I, I, what I mine was about thing. alice wrote the song and i wrote the sonnet now i couldn't recite it for you but i do know that it was about a fast food joint called burgers go moo Nah. <laughs> why <laughs> why what no nah. Did you just make it up? Yeah. <laughs> you could have written it about McDonald's. <laughs> no, that's not creative. That's true. That's true. Can you remember any I of it? I don't remember any of it. Oh, it was Alice, like, uh, no, name? I don't remember it. <laughs> Twas one day at Burgers Go Meat was something like that. I don't know. I, I don't even remember as well. I bet I f- have it somewhere, though. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Bonus but I would have to. I'll have to dig through some things to find it. Um, so then... Then Heath Ledger buys her a guitar. Well, I guess he's already bought her the guitar, but yeah. Right? I mean, he would have had to have bought it already. Yeah. 
I don't know. She, I don't know. I barely remember that. She comes, she, at the end of the day, they meet up in the parking lot. It's um, in her car. It's like a really expensive Fender guitar in her backseat. Yeah. And she's obviously overjoyed. Where he gets the money for the entire. Oh, no, it's explained. Oh, no. Okay. He says uh, that he spent the money that he was paid to take her on a date on this guitar, which, as we've talked about, $50. And then 200 for prom. Oh, that's right. But he had to, like, rent a tux. Like, he had to buy stuff for prom. Yeah, absolutely. So it's an expensive-ass guitar. We don't know how he really actually afforded it. It doesn't matter. We won't think about it. Because he's supposed to be, like, working class. Uh, he is working class hero, <laughs> Patrick Verona. Mm. But she forgives him, thank God, because they're obviously made for each other. And they end up together. They kiss. They what do we up. think happens when she goes to college, though? Oh, they definitely didn't stay together. Are you kidding no. me? No, not at all. You're right. She definitely started dating a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope both you. sisters did. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> and the That's the true happy ending. There's no risk of pregnancy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the ending scene is another one I just want to gush over because they start playing. Of course, I want you to want me. Oh. Letters to Cleo, and they sort of pan out on them kissing, and then I, I said, and then we have some bloopers over the end credits. We do. But I, I want to highlight that Letters to Cleo is playing on the roof of the school. At yes, the end of the movie, it's incredible. Which I was like, is there not a scene of a band at the end of this movie? And then boom, Letters to Cleo is on the roof. That's why you never turn the credits off. And this was 1999, so. I don't know, they have a drone? How were they filming this? <laughs> You're right. A helicopter? <laughs> probably a helicopter, actually. I don't know. It seems like they probably blew a lot of their budget on that, but worth it because it's Oh, it's incredible. It's a it's a perfect way to end the film. It's so joyous and like triumphant. Exactly. So we have two Shakespearean high school comedies. Which do you think is better, Liz? See, I was Oh, this is tough. Because now we just talked about She's the Man and I just got like all fangirly about it you mean 10 things i hate about you sorry yeah 10 things i hate about you i was fangirling over 10 things i hate about you but i think ultimately which fits the bill better she i think i she's the man i think it has to be she's the man i mean i i own she's the man so there's of course that's that's the film that i prefer i don't i love 10 things i hate about you of course i will always count it as one as one of my favorite movies Rewatching it now there's a lot of things that make me say loud at some things i hate about you yeah agreed i yeah i she's the man gives me many belly laughs still to this day to this day yeah and i i mean both movies have their strengths and their weaknesses but in terms of which feels like more shakespearean i'm gonna go with she's the man actually i agree um and in terms of which I felt like gave me less moments where I felt gross. Uncomfortable. <laughs> That's also she's, she's the man. man. <laughs> yeah, for a film from 2006, not not too much that w- that's there to wince about, which is nice. Because there are newer movies that are way worse in terms of Agreed. problematicness. Um, so yeah, I think I think she's the man has to take that one. Takes takes the takes the crown. The <laughs> So if you haven't watched She's the Man in a while, Alice check it out. Alice and Liz seal of approval. I will bar- let you borrow the DVD. Yep, we do have the DVD. If, if I know you. <laughs> Which you probably do if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can have a viewing party. I, I never get sick of that film. 
no and again soundtrack is great so but if you want a little nostalgic heath ledger beautifulness and then of course i end up on like the wikipedia page of like heath ledger's death after i watched 10 things i hate and then looking up pictures of his daughter exactly and who's so adult now it's she's 16 sad. and Not matilda sad. Sad for me because i'm old <laughs> <laughs> yeah matilda yeah. michelle williams mm. who oh i could do a whole podcast episode about her love life <laughs> but <I'm laughs> didn't she just marry somebody so she married this guy phil something he's like a oh my god alice he's like a folk singer not folk he um it's somebody famous he's kind of famous then his wife had died and he wrote this like really sad album about losing his wife oh so he has a daughter a widow marries a widower and they were together for a little while and it seemed really like perfect in a weird way because they had both experienced loss but then they broke up not that long ago and now she's married to someone else but oh she's married to the director of hamilton no yes are you kidding me the director of the musical (laughs) hamilton what that is such a weird i know that's a total 180 i know it's so strange i knew it was somebody famous (laughs) anyway (laughs) (laughs) she married alexander hamilton himself (laughs) so friends thank you for tuning in to this special edition of movie versus movie takeover if you liked it please uh like subscribe (laughs) rate or whatever and maybe liz and alice will be back if anybody has any requests maybe (laughs) i don't know yeah we're gonna be back what can i I (laughs) we might both be back if it's heavily requested yeah but i think this was a great um theme for us to do alice it was perfect for us and uh very different from malignant and old so I hope you enjoyed movies. A, a, Please a, listen to that episode. A turn like to hear my opinion on old. a turn into the light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in these dark times. In these dark times, we all need a little ten things I hate about you and a little she's the man. So that's right. I got a lifetime of knowledge. Oh yeah. <laughs> For more Amanda Bynes impressions. <laughs> movie versus movie.